And we got battery dying. This Mike's new mic is draining the battery of his laptop. Mike's new mic today. <laughs> hey, right. Michael. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Hello and welcome. The Sons of CPAs bonus episode is what this is. We are all the Sons of CPAs. Join us with this week's five minutely, or we might start calling it the 20 minutely, with your hosts, Michael Lee and Scott Scarano. Oh, shit. I'm mixing up the different, <laughs> different intros. Sons of CPAs bonus episode where Michael Lee and Scott Scarano discuss some choice topics from the accounting industry unrelated to any article in specifics. Today's topic is the four types of employees. That you four have. different types of employees. And we really want to hone in on somebody that is well-liked. Right. You've got employees, you can really put them into four types. And the, the ones we're going to talk about today. They're either liked or unliked by most people in your company. And then they're a key employee or a non-key employee. When I mean non-key, they're not in a key role, right? They're in a role that really a lot of people could fill or it's not, it's not going to cause a lot of disruption if you lose that role. That would be a, a non-key role versus a key role where that role, if, you, if there's transition in that role, it causes a lot of interruption or problems at your company, okay? So, so in context, the way this came up today is losing an employee that is well-liked and they don't necessarily have to be key but if they right. are key that you know obviously even bigger makes problem. it even yeah that's a that's an even bigger impact on the organization so let's yeah. start with the worst and kind of work our way down maybe so losing somebody that's a key employee and it is well-liked right man i've had those situations happen before <laughs> You yeah, feel like yep. you want to just throw in the towel and like, oh man, there's, I mean, there's a lot of firm owners who can't sustain that and they want to give up and losing one or two people at the same time, you know, you don't know how to go on after that. So for, for our listeners, like what, what's the first thing that goes into your mind when you think of that? You got to make time for yourself to process that reality. Don't make a hasty decision afterwards, Right. Process what just happened. There's a variety of reasons why you're going to lose a key employee that's also well-liked or well-loved at your company. There's a variety of reasons. One, it makes sense for them to move on, right? Or maybe they're an early employee of yours and they're no longer aligned with where you're going with the firm, but they helped you grow the firm to the place it was today. Yeah. But it's ready for them to move on. You know it, they know it. It's a tough, that's a tough one. That's a really tough. So you got to give yourself up space to think process mourn grieve whatever whatever you need to do so that reminisce make, yeah reminisce yeah even you know celebrate with them celebrate the history celebrate why they were well loved and what they contributed to celebrate somebody's life not their death right exactly <laughs> yeah exactly and there's a variety of reasons again they could lose them they could have done something that was you know irreparable like you you can't recover from that we all make mistakes, right? They do something personally or professionally and say, hey, you got to move on, but it doesn't remove the fact that you've had an influence here and that everyone loves you. That's I've seen that with, in the past, you always have a very 
good mindset on, or maybe you just put that facade on outwardly. But when you've <laughs> lost people, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, great. You always talk about the great opportunity or or potentially, you know, what they could be doing, and you take a positive spin on it. And I think that's, you know, that that's take, speaking first to you have to kind of first control the narrative in your own head. Yeah. Just control your emotions and your thought process on it. And that's getting a good night's sleep, you know, and that's thinking about this and processing it for yourself first. Right. 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 And in a third key, it also means you probably have to do some triage with customers mm-hmm. and you have to do some triage with current employees that may mm-hmm. or may not know why it happened and they may never know why it really happened. And that's what's also tough is because of HR and personnel and privacy, a lot of the times you cannot share, you can't share why something happened, even with a, an employee that's much loved. And even if, if it's for good reasons, sometimes you can't share. And that's really tough. Well, but yeah, it's, yeah, you can't, you know, first you can't control the whole narrative. You can only control how you react to it and how you respond to it. And also you can't create a new narrative by spreading bad things. You have to look at it in the right light. You have to set the tone from the top down at at the organization. And, and I think, especially with somebody that's well-liked, how do you, how, how do you approach that? You know, what, what are some techniques? Well, I think, I think one of the things I do try is I want, I do want the, culture of the company to be to be even better after anybody moves on regardless of the reason and i think to myself is it better is it better that the team has positive or negative views of this person when after after they move on what does it do to an organization for us to have a negative view of somebody that was especially key to the organization and we loved how would it be beneficial for us to have a negative view versus a positive one, right? Negative, negative memories versus positive memories about them. That's what helps me want to err on the side, side of, of being positive about it and looking at the opportunity that this creates. Right. In your so, so, so being positive about somebody that's sort of negative, somebody that's not well-liked, you know, how do you, I mean, if, if that's the case, usually some people are relieved when they lose that, you know, and if it's, it's like, not oh, well, liked, that's a different topic, right? We yeah. were talking about key and well, liked. if it's not well, liked, but key. Yeah. That's a different topic. Sometimes there's a reason to get rid of them in the first place. Like, <laughs> exactly. If they're not well, liked, even if they're, if they're key or not key, especially if they're not key, you can get rid of them like right away and no one will care. And they, people, more people would be relieved because usually a not well, liked and not key role leaves more damage. Um, if you so keep that in- quadrant, we can scratch off. That's an easy one. <laughs> you can control that narrative. Yeah. So, so somebody that's well liked, let's let's put a positive spin on it. There is probably a reason why they're liked, and things that they about their personality, and about who they were, or what they did at work that you can use as examples and things that you want to find in the next person, or yeah. things that maybe others you can set that that set the tone of using them as a martyr, <laughs> like not not necessarily a martyr, but as an example in the future, and let them sort of let the good things about them live on too. Right. Right. Because you don't want to snuff that out. No, not at all. And you want to talk about how they, you know, if they were key and they were well-liked, they established, helped you establish the culture, they established great processes, or they, they, brought, they brought something to the culture that was really positive, and now they're moving on to their next phase, and so are you as a company. 
But if they're not liked and they're a key role, and we've all had this, we actually all have people in these roles right now. Yeah. I guarantee you. We all have people we that are not well liked, but they're in key roles in our organization. And the reason I think why I'm we... one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, I'm one of them. I always feel like I am that one. That's funny. You're the firm owner and you're one of them. <laughs> they like me outside of work, but whenever I get into the details, they're like, just fucking get out of our way. <laughs> That's true. That might be true of many of us. I was just going to say that we deal with it. And the reason why we have it is because we're worried about the pain that people have to go through if we have to let go a key employee, even if they're, they're not well-liked, right? If they're not fun. Well, and the pain we would have to go through too, to yeah. find a re their replacement. Like oh, we yeah. always want to see the upside in somebody. At least I do. Exactly. I always want to find, okay, what's the benefits to having them? Like I try to find every reason to keep them instead of always filtering through people. I don't think I've ever been through experience or felt a good about keeping somebody longer than I should have. I've never felt good about it. No, even though I do, it, I, I do it. I still, I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty as guilty as charged, right? Yeah. But because I, like you, I believe, I want to believe in second chances, third chances, giving somebody opportunity, making the grace period very long. And the reality is, well, it for some, damaging some, to your culture, it can be yeah. really damaging. And and I'm sure we could think of many different reasons why we want to keep people, but, but there's also something that we're not holding them accountable to or something that we're not defining in our expectations of them. If yeah. we keep finding reasons to keep people and they keep letting us down in different ways. So then that goes back to defining the job and defining what their role is. And I think we're kind of blending a couple of different topics here, but going back to you've already lost them. And for whatever reason, you already lost them. So going like, how do you keep morale up? But also, how do you approach that in a way that's constructive? And that's seeing the positives and knowing this is the reality. Now we have to move on. Do you, you have to have a, a real plan, right? Do you, you can't come out and say, okay, this person has gone and chaos will now ensue. What should right? we do? <laughs> what do yeah. you guys think we should do? Yeah. It, it, it really is get a plan. Now, the plan doesn't have to be solved by you only. You could get your team together and, and solve it. I, I remember when I lost one of my key employees a few years ago, just unexpectedly and immediately, no time transition, just immediately. I got some key employees together that reported to this role. And I said, hey, this, this person has left and I need help figuring out what we should do going forward. And, and here's what I'm thinking. I'd love if there's anything here that you think or want feedback on, but got them involved, got their reports involved. It really helped them feel like they owned that process. And they, and they saw me go to them and say, wow, the CEO is asking us to step up. Okay. But have a plan, right? Don't, don't come on your knees with no plan thinking chaos, you know, telling people yeah. chaos is going to sue. And if you need to take a day to think, just say, I need a day to think or process. And please operate as is, you know, nothing's going to fall apart today. Put up the away message for now. <laughs> right. Right. And, that's you know, I think that's that's got to be contingency plans beforehand, too. Like, you almost have to think of it like everything that you have, every employee that you have, you could potentially lose tomorrow for any reason. So, yeah. you know, it's like contingency planning and planning. For, so planning is a big part of this. So you don't feel blindsided by losing anybody. You know, first, you got to plan on how would the firm run without you as the owner? 
Right. Unfortunately, most firm owners don't have that plan in place. <laughs> they, they, if they get, if, and, and you'd be surprised at how many firms at, at, at certain sizes, at pretty big sizes. Oh, wow. Yeah. If, if the firm owner gets hit by a bus or is in an accident, that firm's going down. It, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when is that firm going down. And that's unfortunate, even for, I mean, even with firms that are sizable. So contingency planning is easier, obviously, as you get bigger. But it also means things like, do you have key man life insurance, right? Do you have processes documented? Do you have an emergency way to get to the bank account in case payroll has to be run for your firm and you're gone? All those things that are important. Do you have another signer that you trust to the bank account or to the credit cards? Do you, you, know, do you have a, somebody with authority at your firm or a couple people with authority that can help do, to, do things together in case you can't be reached? That's going to be important so that, yeah, if, 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 if multiple we've, – we've been in situations where multiple people leave a key role and then a non-key role, but maybe they're both liked and they go together. <laughs> like, oh, we've wow, all, yeah. Oh, we've been to those situations. And if you haven't been and you're, you're, you plan to have a firm that grows, you're going to be in those situations. You're going to be, yeah. So plan on being in one too. Yeah. And I think the key here is – their keyness what's the, what's the right word for that their um how important they are to the firm but then also how likable they are as people so then you know like obviously you want everybody at your firm to be well liked but there's there's certain types of people that have that it factor that yeah. you know everybody kind of gravitates towards them they are the ones who are kind of speaking or saying the right things all the time like in meetings or whatever it yeah. might be and regardless of how they performed, because they're, because they're well-liked, their leaving has a, a sizable impact in culture that is not relative to their performance. It's just relative to the relationships they built. A really great relationship builder can be underperforming but have huge impact on your culture. On the flip side, a great performer can be terrible nag on your culture right they can be negative on your culture since oh, day one i've had but they that. perform so well right clients they may get the work done on on time clients might trust them but your employees hate working with them or they don't get responses from them or you have to make extending the rules you make exceptions make exception just for them. for them they don't want to show up to group group meetings or to social outings or whatever but you do it because they perform well and every firm has those people because we were willing to put up with great performers who are terrible for our culture. But in the long run, they're actually terrible for our culture. They're really, really bad. They're terrible for the culture too. Yeah. Like you and, don't and see it. They will, it. They will prevent spot. other people from coming in. They will prevent other people from coming in. Yeah. Other good ones. You know, so you want somebody that's very generous with themselves too and, and not just very selfish. They're so focused on their own successes and what they do. They're not team players. Right. Um, so that's why, I mean, that, that's what made them high performers most of their life. And then when it comes down to actually working in a, in an environment that requires them to be collaborative, they tend to want to shine still. Um, it's very hard for them. It's very hard. Yeah. yeah. So you can empathize with them too and let them know, like I, Ted Lasso is a good example of this in, in an episode, you know, where he... I just thought of this. I just thought yeah. of Ted Lasso. <laughs> so, uh, Led Tasso is the one I'm thinking of. Like, he, you know, he used the Led Tasso, um, t you know, technique. 
And as you know, so as I was talking, I was thinking of that and just speaking on how you react to it really kind of speaks volumes too. Now, one you know, one of the strategies that I have post all of this is for the employees that are well loved and perform really well, key you know, key employees, and they're well loved to stay in touch with them, to stay connected with them, because you don't know what's going to happen in the next thing, and you you don't know if they, there may be opportunity for them to come back. And then for employees that are well loved, but maybe they're underperforming now, but they become great performers later in a different role or a different organization. Mm. You'd never know when that relationship will turn around or when you'll need them again. For the employees that are great performers, but bad for your culture, there might be an opportunity for them to have a contract position with you. Yeah. They can do specific things for you. You pay them a trend, just like any vendor, you would pay them a transaction fee, but they have nothing to do with your internal culture. They're not interacting with your employees. They're not coming to meetings. They're not, they're not having to do anything that you would, you would have a vendor do. Right. That's an interesting approach for, you know, somebody like, like us in a remote or hybrid environment to think of it like that, because, you know, you can almost think of anybody as that remote contractor, but the difference is they're either part of the culture and part of the team mm -hmm. and contributing in a proactive way to the, to the environment, not being an inhibitor or a detractor of the culture and contributing to that and everybody kind of working as a unit and the people aspect of all this. And that's, that's obviously what it comes down to. That's probably one of the more important pillars of our, of our profession is people. Right. All right. So, yeah, I think, you know, we covered it. The, the, the types of employees, well-loved, not well-loved. Yeah, we don't have an ending of people. this article. This, this is the article. <laughs> so, but I think it, we've all dealt with it. I think you got to be prepared for it. And, and have a plan. Yeah. Have a plan. And again, next time. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott.